Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Dogs. Yes. And we are here again for a wonderful and exciting show. So before I even go into all of this, I have some wonderful news coming up. So you guys stay tuned within the next few episodes. I have some wonderful and great news. But we are going to go into today's awesome episode. Ooh, a blinged out water bottle. I mean, how awesome is that? That's how awesome we know this episode's going to be. Alrighty. So my lady dog with her blinged out water bottle today is a graduate of Penn State College of Medicine. And she did her surgical residency, yes, at Hershey Medical Center, Penn State. All my Natty Lions, all my Penn State people, all my Hershey's people, hello, hello, hello. Yes, she's one of your graduates. Now, right now, she is not only doing general surgery, she's a trauma surgeon. For those of you guys, come on now trauma surgeon. She's doing all this here and she's helping out all of her docs throughout the country, right? But as she does all of that, she is also the CEO of Serenity Wellness MD, where she helps high-performing women struggling with burnout and overwhelm to take control of their time, their mind, and energy through this MAPS framework that she has set out for us, right? So today we're going to all talk about boosting productivity. We're going to be talking about building great habits, and we're going to be doing this with the one, the only Dr. Serene Cherie. Thank you. That was amazing. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for jumping on the show, Dr. Sharif. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, it's our pleasure. All right. You know, I am super excited about all that you're going to bring to our audience today. We're going to talk about productivity. We're going to talk about procrastination, (laughs) building wonderful habits with her nano habit techniques. She's going to talk about this maps thing that we talk about and I'm going to leave that to you to describe later on. But before we go all the way into that, we're going to bring it right back to the beginning. When Lita Serene says, you know what? I want to be a doctor. So tell us, when was it that you decided you <laughs> wanted to be a doctor and why? <laughs> well, um, that wasn't the question that I thought you were going to ask. But you know what? Since we're friends now, I guess I can Absolutely. share. We are friends. It happened. Um, uh I'm kind of embarrassed to share, but anyway, it happened actually when I was like 10, 11. See, that's for most of us. I I don't like, I know, but you know, people always said, no, really like that young, but yes, I was actually, um, on, um, I was visiting my grandparents and Mm -hmm. they, um, they have a farm Mm -hmm. and, um, there was, um, you know, for people not squeamish, but there was a um, animal that was, you know, like slaughtered for me. And mm-hmm. um, they were looking at organs. And I remember like all the other kids were like so squeamish and they were running away. And I was so fascinated by the anatomy. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, it's so amazing that, you know, we could see it. And I think that was the first time that I really had seen anatomy so up close and personal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was it. Like I just thought and it was really the science and the anatomy and all of that, that kind of attracted me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was, you know, of course, as a lot of people share it's as you get deeper into medicine and you connect with the patients, then you realize like all of that is just the tools that we use to help our patients. So wonderful, wonderful. Okay. So now we have, you know, little Serene, she's seen this and everyone's running away, but she's running towards it and fascinated. What is that? What is that? I heard about this. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. So what is that organ? So now you're there and you're into medical school mm-hmm. and then it's time to decide and you decide, I want to be a surgeon. So tell us, how did you make that decision? Actually, I wanted to be a surgeon since I was a kid. So well, I went into medical organs. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought, okay, you know, how amazing it is to, um, to be able to um, see a problem, see, Mm -hmm. you know, something and be able to fix it. There's that immediate gratification part of it, of course. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just be able to offer a solution and ease Mm -hmm. suffering and pain. So, um, so quickly. Um, it's not really quickly as people who've gone through surgery know, but you know, there's, there is a relief when you remove the appendix or when you remove the gallbladder and, you know, all of those kinds of things. So yeah, that's, um, I was fascinated with it before even medical school and, um, and then going through medical school, uh, you know, it really just sort of confirmed, um, that this is really, um, what I wanted to do, you know, all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go through residency and, you know, that was the part that I felt like I really struggled a lot. Oh. I mean, I still loved it, but um, it's it's very intense. Yes. It is, um, it requires a lot, you know, not just like hard work, but a lot of sacrifice. Um, I remember, you know, most of my 20s and 30s, like, you know, people, my family was getting together, you know, my cousins were getting married, like people were having a life and I had no life. <laughs> right? <laughs> You had the, I heard about your event. I heard it was so great. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, um, I am grateful that, you know, like through that process, like I still, you know, I did have relationships. I did get married and I had mm-hmm. children, but you know, I, I just, I really felt disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's hard. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did train in the, um, let's say 80 hour work week. Uh, but you know, it really doesn't include everything that we do outside of just that clinical work, right? Like we still have to study, we still have, you know, paperwork to finish, we still have things to wrap up. And Mm -hmm. so there was just really no time to process or think about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I loved what I was doing because I think that was really the only thing that kind of, you know, got me through that, that phase in my life. Wonderful. You know, that's a wonderful um, insight into how our lives are when we're in training. As you Mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, even though we might have the restricted hours, there's still so much. Now, a lot of people, they probably don't recognize. They're like, oh, you're a doctor now and you're doing surgery. You're in training. But there's still exams. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there is, if I'm not mistaken, like our shelf exams was it like every year you had to yeah yeah Yeah. so there's there's an in-service exam every year yeah every year um the in-service yeah Mm -hmm. shelf was when we were in med school shelf (laughs) was in med school every four to six weeks you're giving me bad dreams we're talking about people who are always taking exams (laughs) it's so bad 
bad that I don't even remember. But the in-service exams, mm -hmm. as we mentioned, um, during training, like you're still, you know, going through the process and you still have to take this exam. And that's the exam before you go and get the board certification mm -hmm. exam. So, you know, we're still in the process of your learning, your um, trying to now embrace this new phase in your life, but there's still this test, test, <laughs> this test, yeah, this test, you know, so it really still brings a lot of anxiety to mm -hmm. those of us who are in medicine. We're constantly being tested, mm -hmm. literally. All righty. So now, you know, we're here and you're going through life. And then you've mentioned, you know, the trying to channel and to balance all mm -hmm. of this. And then you mentioned, you know, the word burnout, like, you know, life led to burnout. So tell mm -hmm. us when did that occur and what did it look like for you particularly? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, one thing that I failed to mention is uh, I'm actually an immigrant. I moved here when I was, um, you know, to do undergrad and then I kind of, you know, to medical school, et cetera. So yeah. I think one of the key things that I had um, really failed to recognize for myself is, um, is what is my identity? Ah. And um, when I was a kid, um, I grew up in Brunei. It's on the island of Borneo. And mm -hmm. I'm originally from India. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I um, I actually didn't even speak English until I was in my teens. I learned Malay first. Mm -hmm. um, we were in a very small town. And so um, it was in my teens when I was in like middle school, high school that I learned, you know, to, to I could speak enough English to do the stuff in school, but, you know, really right. like being able to speak it. So mm -hmm. um, when I came here, I had already for almost half of my life been in a place where I didn't identify with where, like, you know, I mean, I was different than the people right. around me. And mm -hmm. um, so coming here, you know, definitely there was, you know, a lot of diversity, but at the same time, I still felt like I didn't fit in or I didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm in a very high paced, um, high expectation uh, uh, residency. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, um, my uh, oldest was actually uh, two months, two and a half months when I started as an intern. Whoa, so okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the cause right here. Yeah. So intern year mm -hmm. in a surgical residency and you had a two month old. Right. And oh, I was wow. actually the only female resident with a um, small child, you know, yes. um, uh, so that was different. Um, I was, you know, trying to like pump and breastfeed and we didn't even talk about those types of things. No, then. not at all. And, <laughs> right. And, yes. and, you know, you felt like it was something that you had to like hide and not inconvenience yes. anybody. Um, yes. So there was a lot of changes. And I, mm -hmm. the reason I'm saying that is because I think I was in burnout really pretty much most of my residency, but yes. I failed to recognize it because like I said earlier, you know, I just thought, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm just trying to survive. I don't mm -hmm. have time to think about this. And, um, uh, and, you know, and I didn't fit in, like, I wasn't like people around me. And mm -hmm. so there were so many polls. Um, and how I survived that is really just sort of covering it all up and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, putting on a face. Yeah, <laughs> no. just it's just like it. managing and just going on doing what's mm -hmm. expected, mm -hmm. getting the cases done, mm -hmm. getting the charts done going home, being a parent. And, mm -hmm. and it's so important what you mentioned too, the hiding, mm -hmm. 
the parental part, the maternal part mm. of you at work mm-hmm. in order to fit in with those who were at work. Mm-hmm. Because in the surgical specialty, there are female surgeons, but they're still during the training process. It is intense. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. training and one of my first in my residency, you know, in emergency medicine, we trained with our surgical colleagues. At least we rotate mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, and I was on the trauma surgeon, uh, trauma surgery rotation. It was one of my first. I, it, it's a blur to me. <laughs> that trauma yeah. rotation is a complete blur. Like it was mm-hmm. things were coming at me so quickly. You know, you were so I cannot even imagine doing that as a parent. <laughs> Yeah. And, and as a new mom, because you know, I didn't know what mom. I was doing. <laughs> well, I salute you that I can understand when you say that, you know, I was just getting it done mm-hmm. and not really absorbing. You didn't even have mm-hmm. time to absorb any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so uh, so I was really burnt out. I originally I, I took like two years and did bench research and because mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to do academics. And um, again, you know, like towards the end of my surgical residency, like the burnout was very pronounced. I was very unhappy. Mm. I think if it wasn't for my support system, I mean, I was ready to quit so many times because I was just like, like, I don't understand who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what I'm asked to do, I mean, I have family pictures, like upon family pictures, where I am literally sitting in a corner asleep, or I don't even remember that, you know, and that's for the things that I even like made it to. So it was, um, yeah, it was a lot. But um, thankfully, I did finish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And of course, when you finish, right, you work so hard for so long, and you Mm -hmm. think, well, now things are going to be different. Now things are going to be better. Yes. And it turns out that's a myth. <laughs> it's just a continuation of what you were going through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, different. You know, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had another child during my research years. So I have mm-hmm. now two two babies. Yeah. And um, my oldest is actually, he is, uh, he's now 17. He's almost, uh, you know, like he's going to start senior since so I can't imagine how long it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, how much things have changed. But at that time, I'm just learning again, two parent, you know, like two kids figuring that out. We moved to Houston mm-hmm. and, um, and I had an amazing, you know, partner group. And, um, and I realized that, you know, like finally now I get to focus on taking care of my patients and doing mm-hmm. what I love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. There was just so many things outside of medicine mm-hmm. that I now had to learn. I had to be an entrepreneur. I, I didn't know that because I was in private practice, you know. I'd yes. done all, all of my training was in academics and now I'm private practice and mm-hmm. learning all of that. And, um, again, um, uh, you know, trying to survive, trying to do, yes. you know, fulfill the expectations that everybody had. My boss, you know, like the RVU expectations, you know, mm-hmm. like all the call expectations. Now I got to go, you know, market myself and talk to other people. And, yes. um, and then I have, you know, a family, we just moved to this new area, you know, they don't have a support network yet. Mm-hmm. So trying to be present for them, so um, at some point I realized, wow, like I am literally just doing this hamster dance and yes, yeah, I'm it's different than yeah. residency, but when is this going to get easier uh, and how long, how long can I keep doing this? Absolutely. You know, we have one of our 
other lady docs, Dr. Benita Renato mm -hmm. says, oh my gosh, I slept everywhere when I wasn't working in residency too. Yeah, yeah. we all understand. It's just yeah. a real struggle to balance that life. So you've already, um, you know, sacrificed to get into mm -hmm. medical school. You sacrificed in med school and in residency, you're still sacrificing. You're sacrificing one of the most important and valuable um, assets that we have, which is time, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. time. All righty. So now, you know, you've gone through all of that and you've decided, you know what, I want to make a difference and I want to do something different within my life. And we have birthed Serenity MD. So tell me, how did that actually, come about? Actually, it wasn't birthed in Houston. I um, it was birthed in Houston. It was got birthed. No, yeah, yeah. So what happened was there were a series of things that happened in my life that really kind of made me question mm -hmm. um, life like what I was doing, um, all of that. There was a lot of philosophy involved in it. Hey, um, introspection is what takes us to that next level of yeah, changing our lives. Right. Well, and of course, I'm so grateful that actually there was time to reflect and think too, because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you're so busy, you're like, I can't even think about this. Um, but what happened was I lost one of my best friends oh. um, to um, maternal mortality. You know, she... Um, and I didn't like, it was just, you know, she is my age. She mm -hmm. was having her first baby was a much wanted baby. And it was just like, so heartbreaking uh, for me. That was, you know, I mean, I think most people when they're younger, they think, Oh yeah, I got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. Things will be easier later. Maybe mm -hmm. when kids are about, you know, older, when, you know, like I'm five years into practice, when I get my next promotion, whatever it is, we think, there is so much time. Yes. But then something like that happens and you think, well, no, there isn't. Time is, as you said, one of our most precious resources. And we are, we are giving it away. We're giving mm -hmm. it to all the people who ask us for our time. Mm -hmm. So um, that actually prompted me to, um, we moved to um, Indiana just because I wanted to be closer to family and, mm -hmm. um, you know, make some changes. So, so I go through this process and I realize, okay, I made all of these changes. My kids are now, you know, asking, I, I had another baby. So I had, so I have now my third baby and, you know, so, um, this, this was my opportunity to be present in their life. Mm. Uh, and um, I remember my daughter, especially she's my youngest, you know, she used to, she used to cry when I would come home and she would just say, you know, like, at night I look for you and you're never there. And I just feel so alone. And she was like three or four at that time. And I'm like, wow, I'm traumatizing my children. No, you know? I know. <laughs> oh. so, so at that time, um, and, um, and I felt like I had optimized my work as much as possible. I mean, this was, you know, I had done the productivity. So I mm -hmm. guess the birthing had happened over time of just trying to do as be as efficient as I can, be as mm -hmm. mindful as I can, you know, do the most that I can. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter how hard I worked, didn't matter how much I did, I felt like it was never enough. Oh. Yep. And, um, you know, I was, I was never enough uh, mm -hmm. to be like, I wasn't present enough. I, my kids are still sad and, you know, like I'm not, you know, doing a good job as a mom. And, yes, you know, that guilt that things. comes along. So it's, it's, it's a layered, layered weight that, mm -hmm. you know, is upon 
a lot of us parents. Yeah. So that's really how Serenity Wellness um, MD uh, came about. I um, actually, I had a, after a, a difficult weekend um, at work on call, um, I went in Monday morning and I handed my resignation letter and I just said, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, a lot of people said, oh, you, have, you must have another job. I said, no, actually, I, I don't have anything planned. <laughs> um, but I believe in myself enough to know that if I continue the way I am, I am so deeply unhappy that this is not the life that I want. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started with this 11-year-old who this was her dream. I mean, I was living my mm-hmm. dream mm-hmm. and I was so deeply unhappy. And so, um, yeah, that that was it. Um, I um, Serenity Wellness didn't really have a name at that time. Hey, I was just it's, it's like the birthing process. It was the birthing it process. Was it, was, it was years of labor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, um, really it started with me trying to figure out who I was, you know, what did I want? How did I want to show up? Also around that time, I had a family member who had a very devastating, um, uh, injury again, highlighting to me just how, how short life is in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, we think we can do everything. Our health is guaranteed. Our time is guaranteed. And I realized life had no guarantees and like, you know, I need to show up and do what I want to do. And and honestly, when I asked myself that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Ah, so, isn't um, interesting? Yeah. Like with all these years of training and all these years of going out there and helping and taking care of others with the training that you had, now it's time to say, okay, well, Dr. Sharif, what is it that you want for yourself and you've been lost mm-hmm. yeah. for this entire thing. So now, you know, one of the things that you are doing as a part of um, your Serenity Wellness is that your story, which is very unique to you, but mm-hmm. still has a lot of similarities to a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. even we have even Dr. Renato, she's saying, mm-hmm. yeah, never enough, never getting caught up, missing family time. Mm-hmm. Amazing how we have similar experiences. And a lot of us in medicine have these similar experiences. And a lot of us women in medicine mm-hmm. also have this. And so you want to help, you know, those women struggling with the burnout and overwhelm to take control of their lives. And you're doing this and you have this MAPS framework. So let us know what is the MAPS framework and um, how are you using it to help these wonderful women? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started with, Mm -hmm. again, in my space of burnout, Mm -hmm. there was so much shame right? There's so much isolation. So as I worked through it and I started opening up a little bit more, what I found is just like, you know, is being shared here, right? There's so much shared experience. Mm -hmm. We are not alone. Mm -hmm. These struggles are not, yes, we have our unique story, but there's no reason to suffer in silence or alone. So I started sharing more and I noticed themes And Mm -hmm. one of the theme is that we, yes, we had a dream. We -hmm. are working towards the dream, but somewhere along the line, we lose sight of who we are. Mm -hmm. So it is finding who are we again, you know, and maybe it is learning to love medicine again, and maybe it's not, but whatever it is, it's coming back to 
who we are, and then from that space, creating whatever results, whatever life, right, that you want. So mm. MAPS actually stands for Mindfulness and Productivity Systems. And it's just the acronym that, you know, like when I was putting things together, that's what came up. But mm-hmm. for me, it's really just what are the tools that helps us build our dream life, you know, Mm -hmm. how can we actually design it and create it? And so there's a lot of, you know, within mindfulness itself, right? Gratitude, Mm -hmm. non-judgment, letting go of the things that were holding us stuck, et cetera. So all of those elements of mindfulness and then within productivity, I do a lot of habit design and um, Mm -hmm. implementation as well as uh, looking at other tools, like how do you manage your time? You know, how are you managing a calendar? How do you manage your email? Um, and, you know, most people, when they come to coach with me, they think, oh, okay, I'm just going to figure out these action steps and it's all yes. clear. But, um, and, and yes, all of those action steps helps. MAPS is a framework, a set of tools, but mm-hmm. really ultimately it comes down to the self-love, self-compassion, accepting mm-hmm. us for are like belonging and not just fitting in Mm -hmm. right and um and ultimately you know connecting to who we are authentically just owning our story and um yeah who we are wonderful i love that it's connecting to who you are it's rediscovering that person in you that gets lost on this journey called life and this journey where you're really pouring into a lot of others And then with this, you now reconnect and you're pouring back Mm -hmm. into yourself. And, you know, a big part of that, which is what I, you know, I'm preaching and I'm getting my soapbox and I'm saying it every day, self-care, self-care, finding you and, you know, how important it is to find yourself so that you are there for others. Now, I know some people are like, boost productivity. How does this boost productivity? So let us know. What are some little small nano habits, which I know that you do have, that you've noticed within your clients or even within yourself? Because, you know, the, a lot of what we're doing and we're teaching, we've done it on ourselves. And we're like, oh, this works. Let me show you how <laughs> that you've noticed. Um, what are some of these small techniques, nano habits, that you've noticed that has um, made some big, big results within um, your clients. Yeah, uh, really, I think it comes back to some of the things that you already shared, which is mm-hmm. understanding that we can't fill someone else's cup yeah. if when, if and when, right, our cup is empty. Yeah. So self-care, I agree with you, is one of the biggest uh, productivity tool yes. to um, help us really be our best, show mm-hmm. up as our best. Uh, so mm-hmm. that includes, for me, really understanding what is it that we want mm-hmm. and doing it? Self-care is about keeping commitments to ourselves, mm-hmm. not saying yes to everyone else and then no to us like that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So that includes things like um, fitness. You know, mm-hmm. it includes things like um, self-love, self-compassion. How do we talk to ourselves? How do yes. we support ourselves through our life journey? Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, there's some habits in, involved in that too, habit building, right? A um, couple of things people don't remember are things like rest. Uh, it's not just Hello. sleep. You got it. You got to have rest. Rest. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's like we're speaking the same language here. <laughs> and, and I 
You know, I mean, I, to be honest, um, rest is something that I have discovered and, and worked through in the last year only. So mm-hmm. even, you know, with years of really kind of working through and supporting myself and self-care, mm-hmm. I really thought self-care is a massage. That's it. Like mm-hmm. when I get a massage, my self-care bucket is done. But then, you know, I didn't pay attention to how am I talking to myself when I make I mistakes, love that one too. when I struggle, like if I'm just constantly, right, creating this persona that I can't accept me for who I am, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm just a human. I'm Mm -hmm. going to make mistakes. I'm going to be imperfect. And I'm still able to do good things. You don't have to be perfect to help others. I'm still worthy of love even when I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that you're talking about how do we talk to ourselves? If we real and a lot of these rhetoric is going on in our minds subconsciously, so we're not really paying as much attention to it consciously. But mm-hmm. if you were to really stop and think about it, you will realize like these negative talks, mm-hmm. we're walking through the day doing almost all of our lives, you know, our daily activities here. With this negative talk, you tripped. Oh, well, why did you even put that foot in front of the other? You know, come on. How What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> What's the on, problem man? with you? What's wrong with you? Like, you don't know how you've been walking since you were nine months. You still can't mm-hmm. walk. I mean, we have so many negative rhetoric. And if you really stop and pay attention to it, and then you start to intentionally find ways to turn that and say, wait a minute. Why am I going down this negative road? Because that's something that I started working on myself. And it Mm -hmm. is amazing. Because for me, most of the negative road and the negative thoughts occur when you're like doing something simple, like you're in the shower and you're doing, you know, you're just really Mm -hmm. in those theta thoughts. And then you're ruminating. And then it's just this negative thought, like just just snatches in. And Mm -hmm. I love that you, you know, you're really highlighting the importance of, how are you talking to yourself? What yeah. are you saying? And that's a great way to even start. It's hard. Yeah. Actually, one thing that I I still, um, this is a, a great thought for mm-hmm. anyone who's interested to try. Um, I, I t- tell myself multiple times, mm-hmm. I am enough. Yes. I'm doing enough. Yes. I'm doing enough as a mom. I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. just reminding myself that. And it's actually a very centering thought for for me, especially, because it reminds me that I don't need to do anything more Mm -hmm. to be worthy, that I am enough right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I am enough. So Mm -hmm. when I trip, I'm enough. It's not that I'm silly and how Mm -hmm. dare you. I'm enough. Mm -hmm. I just put the other foot in front of the other. Or if I fell down, get up and Mm -hmm. then just keep going. It's and actually that brings up another, um, another, you know, sort of thought to offer, which is um, when time, you know, when you trip, when you mm-hmm. fall, when you struggle, ask yourself, what do I need right now? Yes. And do it. Yeah. Right. We always think we get frustrated. Well, why isn't my so-and-so, my loved one, my husband's spouse, you know, wife, et cetera. Like, why aren't they f- fulfilling? Like, why aren't they helping me? No, ask yourself. What do you need? Mm-hmm. And do it. And the more you do, you start to believe I'm enough. I am worthy of being taken care of. Yeah. And I can help myself have whatever I, I need. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because as you mentioned too, when you're at the point where you're falling or you're tripping or things aren't going right, more than likely you are missing something that you want or need that's getting you in that framework of being frustrated, being, you know, feeling dissatisfied. Right. And a lot of times it's not what you think. If you mm -hmm. sit with yourself and just go that it might be something very simple that you can provide for yourself and blossom back to the you that you know who you are and you know you, you to be. Love it. And now let's talk about procrastination. I love that because a lot of us are procrastinators. What are some of your thoughts on what makes us procrastinate? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I was a huge procrastinator and it is something really that, you know, I, um, I had to discover mm -hmm. for myself why the struggle was going on. So lots of reasons why people mm -hmm. procrastinate, but ultimately it boils down to one thing, mm -hmm. which is we are not connected to what we say we're going to do. Ah. I'm going to go work out. But internally, I'm like, I, really want to. <laughs> I, I don't really want to, right? If you create goals that are not connected to your identity, mm. you are not going to show up. So we need to work first on figuring out, okay, so maybe you don't want to work out, right? That's okay. But mm -hmm. is there something within your identity where fitness would be important? So maybe, you know, you like, you know, being um, connected to your children and being active with them is important mm -hmm. to you. So, mm -hmm. you know, instead of like pretending that something is true and it's not, yeah. just look at what is already true for you. Um, look at what are your core values, your mm -hmm. goals, your, you know, your self-identity. Mm -hmm. um, and that requires us being honest with ourselves. Ooh, and, and that's the hard part. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, so that is one, you know, aspect of procrastination. The other aspect of procrastination is um, I don't know about you, but I don't like to feel guilt, blame, shame, right? Like if I'm feeling sh like shame, I want to shut it down. So if yeah. I'm doing something and mm -hmm. I have made it into this thing where I have to make it perfect, uh, you know, like my whole self-worth, et cetera, is tied up into it's it. It's tied to this one thing. Right. And if How it doesn't work, do we do no, if it doesn't work, like something's wrong with me, I'm not enough, et cetera, then I, I don't want to feel that guilt, that blame, that shame of not being enough. Mm -hmm. And so I will do anything to avoid that. Mm -hmm. So ultimately it all comes back to our identity. What do we want in our life? And, mm -hmm. and are we willing to embrace mm -hmm. the good and the bad? You know, that, Absolutely. yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this and it's going to be a little messy and it's, it's okay. And, you know, for those of um, you who are that type A personality, the, the person who's always been a go-getter, 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 go for it, getting it done, high-performing person, you have this level of perfectionism mm -hmm. that's a part of your, and you might even think it's a part of your DNA, but it really isn't, you know, mm -hmm. getting things done and sometimes imperfect is better than the perfect. You will honor that um, date with yourself to do whatever it is that you planned on doing. Because I find myself like that too. If I have 30 minutes to do um, a 30 minute block and whatever it is was going to take me the 15 minutes, like, no, I want to have that one hour so that I can concentrate in case anything happens. Why? 
Why? It does not have to be perfect. Get it done and just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, so getting out of our way is a big um, hurdle for those of you who are high performing, just type A personality must get this done. And you're tying everything, all of your results to you that it has everything. If it's not perfect, then they're going to think that I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And how dare they think I'm not perfect? <laughs> or, or they'll know that I'm an imposter, right? Oh, like, yeah. They'll know that, that I'm not that as I good really as I don't know this. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, we need to get out of our way. Yes. And and also, like when you explore, because I hear from you know a lot of people who struggle with procrastination, mm-hmm. they almost absorb that as a procrastination is part of their identity. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Not, oh no, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Like this is just something that I can't do. And 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 for for all of those people, I just want you to know that was me. You know, hey. I, I I thought, okay, you know, this is just me. Like I'm mm-hmm. just not able to do these things. And when I realized that that this would this belief, false belief, mm-hmm. was really keeping me stuck in a place that I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. It was keeping me stuck stuck from going out there and achieving my dreams, you know, mm-hmm. it was much easier to let go of that. It wasn't serving me, right? Yes. Let go of it. And I still sometimes procrastinate, but when I do, no shame, blame, or guilt, right? Mm-hmm. You just acknowledge, you know, yeah, I wonder why I didn't do what I said I was going to. Mm-hmm. And just asking yourself that question, honoring whatever the problem is, figuring mm-hmm. out, moving on. And moving on. Yeah, moving on. It's done. It's over. That, that was yesterday. We're moved on. I love it, love it, love it. So we've talked about all of these things. So we're going to just quickly go into what are you doing for your self-care? Uh, recently, my biggest focus has actually been rest. <laughs> um, I'm exploring um, how rest um, shows up in my life. Um, so I've, I've tried multiple different variations. I've built habits around that. And what I found ultimately, you know, sort of the one year later version is that for me, I need to see rest blocked off in my calendar. If not, I end up saying yes to what other people ask of me. So, um, and the reason why rest right now is so important to me is because I am also, you know, in a uh, phase of um, uh, transition in my life. So mm-hmm. to to just uh, connect to that from earlier, I was working full time. I quit. And then um, over time, I taught medical students for a few years. And over time, I've actually gone into a uh, uh, part-time surgical practice. So I'm still practicing. I do uh, trauma acute care surgery, mm-hmm. uh, practice part-time and, um, and I'm doing coaching and, you know, speaking and all of those uh, things. Um, I teach on habits, et cetera. So I'm trying to figure out what is my next level, you know, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, in order to create, yeah. right, you need time for your brain to be mm-hmm. creative. And this is something I've actually never given space in my life to do. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to study, like even when I was a kid. So, you know, I would give up sort of my hobbies or my extracurriculars so I could focus on my studies. And so mm-hmm. it's um, it's just a different phase in exploring how is rest allowing me to be creative, be, um, be, you know, like create that magic, that enchantment in my life? Absolutely. And this is something that I feel a lot of us have um, 
neglected within our lives because we, especially for those of us who are procrastinators, we feel like we do our best creativity at the last minute. <laughs> and when I just, oh, when I just got it in right before the deadline and I was able to, but there is beauty in rest and really creating on the next level, not just creating for what needs to be done right now, but something that you can create for the future and really absorbing and, and being um, visualizing yourself there and, you know, smelling, feeling, and really getting back to that portion of our lives when we were younger and we had this vivid imagination of all we could be but we suppressed all of that throughout this life. So going back to that phase, rest allows our imagination to go wild. And that's so important for us as humans in order to really just imagine all the possibilities that are out there for us that we've suppressed mm -hmm. because reality says, eh, what are you talking about? You need to get this done. But it's important for us to really carve that time out mm -hmm. to imagine and to create. Mm -hmm. that life that we want. So I'm glad that you've highlighted that rest is your biggest self-care mm -hmm. at this time. So now that we've found what you're doing for self-care, we're going to ask that fun question that we ask all of our guests. So if you weren't a doctor, what would you be? Um, so there's actually two things. Um, one is something that I've always wanted to do. And one is something that I've connected to in the last couple of years. So the okay. first one is- This is the imagination police type. Oh, you know? I yeah. mean, not imagination police. I could, I could do I anything. Wild because so, we've had some backup dancers for Beyonce. <laughs> we've had some people who are, you know, traveling. We have people who are building gardens, who are doing urban planning. Like this is imagination central. So go ahead, late. Um, so my first love, if you will, is mm -hmm. um, I would love to be a baker, oh, um, a, a combination of baker, you know, um, chef. I always thought I would own this bookstore and have like this coffee shop and, you know. Oh like my God. Okay. Have you met Dr. Megan Mello? Cause she does that too. Oh, really? Yes. Bacon with a little bakery. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And um, so what's amazing is when I had taken that little break from, you know, yes. full-time medicine, I actually baked for a coffee shop. I have pictures oh, of me I as agree. a professional baker. I, had, I even had an LLC for it. I did it with some friends. Um, oh. And I really realized that, you know, I love to bake, but maybe I don't want to do it professionally. <laughs> so, you know, you're like, you have this vision, like you think yes. this is how it's going to be, but I'm like, it's not quite as fun as I thought it was going to be. So, yes. um, so now I just, <laughs> I just bake for fun. So I would say maybe my new sort of like alternative profession is I would love to be a, um, a travel consultant or like a Ooh. travel um, yeah, a travel consultant. I don't want to be the person who coordinates everything, but I love dreaming up this amazing trip yes. and uh, bringing into fruition. I've been traveling more, of course, you know, with the whole pandemic blip, but since mm -hmm. then, and um, I, it's so amazing to plan a and to see some of this come up and it is sort of like creating dreams. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So not only are you traveling, but you're baking yummy treats too. Oh, yeah. Well, and when you go uh, to mm -hmm. other places, you could learn 
to make some of their cuisine. So yes. that you could combine all of it. <laughs> all of that. I love it. Love it. I do have a couple of our docs that are really into the travel space too. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is wonderful. We had someone who wants to do travel journalism. So while I know, I'm telling you, this is like a wonderful, I learned so much about Fun. all of my guests with this wonderful, wonderful question. So now I know we have some people who are listening, they're watching. They're like, oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. I've gone through something similar. And you're right that I really need to find myself. Mm -hmm. I'm on the verge of burning out. I don't want to go through burnout. I've seen how it's been with some of my colleagues or some of my friends. And I want to pull myself back. I'm recognizing that there are some skill sets that despite all of this training that I might have had in my life, whether it be either medicine, law, or anything, you know, but I've had that training, but there's certain little tool sets that I would love to incorporate in order to live this life that I know I deserve. And I think that you are the one to help me. Where can they find you? Um, they can find me on my website, serenitywellnessmd.com. Mm -hmm. um, they can find me on my podcast, uh, Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast, where I really share, you know, <clears throat> we've been talking in themes. And actually this month, we're talking about permission to mm -hmm. be you. <laughs> so it's interesting, some of our conversations. So, uh, you know, um, uh, and then of course, on social media, I am uh, on Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page, as well as Instagram, Serenity Wellness MD. So lots of different places, as well as LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. as well as Serene Sharif. Wonderful, wonderful. So thank you so much, Dr. Sharif, for stopping by the show and laying it out for us and how your life, you know, what brought you into medicine, what had you changing your outlook on how your life was and what you wanted and some of the steps that you made in order to create a life that you're loving now and some of the steps that you're making to help others to create the life that they want using some of these wonderful tools and also bringing forth that mindfulness and imagination through rest, which is so important, which is a huge part of your self-care routine. So those of you guys who are listening and you want to connect with Dr. Sharif, like she says, you can find her on her website, mindfulness, serenity, pardon me, serenity.com, serenitymd. Serenity. serenity Wellness MD. Oh, Lord. Anyway. I know, it's not. <laughs> Just look on the show notes. Look at the show notes. <laughs> That's what I always have. Like, just look at the show notes. It'll be fine. They got you. <laughs> Thank you so wonderful, much. Thank you for having me. It's been an amazing discussion. And, you know, what a beautiful way, right, for us mm -hmm. to connect and share with others. Because I think when I started with on this journey, one of my biggest hopes is that mm -hmm. none of us, I mean, no one should feel alone. Absolutely. And like they are, they are the only person struggling through this. You know, mm -hmm. we got you. You know, you're not exactly. alone. We're yes. all together in this. Absolutely. We are all together in this. What a wonderful way for us to close this wonderful show. Alrighty, guys. Thank you all for watching and listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.